It is Friday night. And what's better to do on a Friday night than crack open a couple cold ones with some friends and enjoy this week's edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That over there is my co-host Schmitty. That's me. He's got. You're already double fit. Like we're 25 seconds into the show and you're double fisting. <laughs> I, I'm I'm serving our guests. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't see the guests getting too many beers. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get what's left. <laughs> I see it going down your gullet. We have a jam-packed studio. Back-to-back weekends talking with our good friends from Surly. Very excited about that. They've got a lot of cool stuff going on. So we're happy to have them back. We've got Surly. We've got uh, Ben and Bill from Surly. We've got Mike Hoops from Town Hall. We've got Mark from Bauhaus. How are you guys doing? Great, thanks. Good. Quite great, Schmitty. Quite the stellar lineup of uh, of breweries represented. Well done, Schmitty. Yeah, this the uh, you know last minute booking comes through again. That's right. We've got good. <laughs> we've been doing this for three years now. Speaking of doing it for three years, we should put the call out mm-hmm. because uh, it's it's almost coming up time for our uh, our anniversary tradition. Was it a tradition if we've only done it once? Well, if we do it again, I think it is. All right. We want to make this a tradition of having our Minnesota Beer Cast Chili Cook-Off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think, you know, I've, I've ordered the, uh, the trophy um, tomorrow, so it should be here any day now. Um, as, soon as, the, uh, as soon as it gets here, we'll give it to last year's winner. And that was me, to, uh, which was me. <laughs> right? Right? When you don't get a trophy. I don't get a trophy. Right? It's the... the but I mean, I did win. I just want to—I just want to hear you say it. I just want to hear you say it. But we—but that was a friendly competition between uh, you and I. I mean, I'm going to win this year. Uh huh. So if you really want to start rubbing it in, I mean, I'm going to have all of next year to to rub it in on you. I've not—I—I I have I've spent very little time this year rubbing it in. And now that we're getting close, you know, figure I got—I got very little time. Like I got to do it now. But between the 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 host brewery and and um, Bauhaus was kind enough to host the event last yes. year. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. That was awesome. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. We uh, Finnegan's was there uh, collecting donations. Um, who else was there? We also had uh, uh, Badger Hill. Badger Modest, Hill was there. Modest won. They, Modest they, won. They, they, the trophy's actually going to them. Yep. So uh, Jess Fleming made one of her few errors in her entire career and chose them <laughs> over me. Um, <laughs> but it, Finnegan's uh, brought some chili as well. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. So I think we'll uh, maybe we'll try to work on expanding the uh, the scope of the festival. Well, and I, I would say if, off, whatever you if you're listening it. and you're with a uh, you're with it with a brewery and you would like to participate and bring some chili, the the only rule is you know you got to incorporate your beer into the chili somehow. Like every chili has to have some sort of beer incorporated into it. I would. I mean, I think it's fair. You, you shouldn't even have to be like a stipulation if you're. A brewery, and we're inviting you to the annual chili cook-off. You should just—I mean, it's implied, right? Right. Can we bring our chefs? He, you well, know what? I mean, <laughs> that's not that fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with it. I'm. You know what? As long as we get to reap the spoils. Yeah, that's, that's true. Do it. Bring them. All right. So yeah, if you'd like to take part, hit us up. Uh, you can contact us via email. I'm uh, Andrew Lee at iHeartMedia.com. 
Uh, you can find our, our contact information at minnesotabeercast.com, or you can hit us up via social media. However, however you want to get a hold of us, let us know if you'd like to participate. We'd love to, we'd love to expand the field this year. It was a really good time, and we, uh, we, we, we raised, I got a lot of, a uh, lot of canned goods, a lot of foods brought for, uh, Finnegan's, uh, charitable efforts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a blast. So we're looking forward to doing it again. We'll get more details as we get a little closer. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do, uh, uh, Definitely some some media blasts and let folks know uh, where they can take part. It was a lot of fun last year, and I've been practicing already my chili game. Um, I've uh, been practicing with the uh, the old instant pot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Those are all the rage these days. The the kids love them. Yeah, people. Yeah, all the millennials are talking about them. <laughs> That's I, what I hear. Uh, I uh, I put my hair up in the man bun, and I have been working with my instant pot. Yeah. all week long. <laughs> yeah, He's, uh, I, I've seen it on your IG story. <laughs> on the Iggy, huh? You've been, right. even even follow me on the Iggy. Well, you know, I see I see how you are. Some, some really attractive pics in there. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get to talking about beer instead of chili. I uh, I have been enjoying. Uh, the, the start of this segment with a, uh, a fresh hop beer. Why don't you tell us what uh, what I'm drinking here, Mr. Hoops? You're drinking Fresh Hop 100. This is a beer that we make. Uh, this is our 13th time. This year we used... So the 100 comes in the fact that um, we still believe that a fresh hop beer should be made solely with fresh hops. Um, these things are... They're, uh, they're picked. They're shipped overnight. They go directly into our brew kettle, which is not a fun thing. Are there by people any making means. fresh hop beers not with fresh hops? Well, I think that we might have some answers to that here later today, <laughs> even too. Um, hop extracts. There's, there's, you can get into the hop oils a lot easier than you can by using whole hop buds. Um, so extracts, powders, um, direct pellets uh, certainly can make a much more hop forward beer. We we generally stick um, with the belief that originally when when Dressler at Sierra Nevada started in 1996 using whole wet cones, that's a fresh hop beer, and we kind of emulate that. Um, I'm not going to suggest that it's fun or easy. The first time we did it, we were we clogged up the entire brew house. We were in there till three, four in the morning. It's terrible. <laughs> but what you do get by doing that, um, if you're tasting this beer, um, you're getting the true terroir of where the hops came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting earthiness. You're getting some citrus. Um, there's just a little bit of bitterness. It's not nearly as in your face as you'd expect in an IPA or something like that. Um, some people enjoy that. Um, we certainly do for this particular beer. Um, some people are looking for other additions. So the you mentioned the the terroir the the you know the the idea that you can taste the the land that the the plant was grown in. Do you feel that? Um, the if these hops come from the the great northwest do you feel that if there's like i think you mentioned cascade is is what uh, is primarily in this yeah. year, is that right so if cascade grown in in northwest versus uh, a mature cascade that's grown here in minnesota is there a, a substantial discernible difference in in those hops do you think we've we've used both we originally started with stuff straight from yakima mm-hmm. And we did that for a lot of years. Then we went with a Minnesota grower for a couple of years. Great people, small family upstart farm, and we definitely noticed a difference. Um, I we tend to believe that the climate lends itself maybe a little bit better in Yakima Valley to currently what it's doing here in Minnesota. However, the um, 
with the research that's going on, eventually I think it'll get there here as well. Yeah, um, and that was kind of my 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 quandary is is the the maturity I think of the 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 hop you know agriculture there versus the hop agriculture here. Um, you know, the, the, it could be possible that there's just as great a terroir or will be here versus what's happening there. I think maybe they have a, a possibly a better climate, but there's a history of, of us growing great hops in the Midwest once upon a time, right, before, you know, downy mildew came and, and wiped out a good portion of stuff. Um, but you, we're in a resurgence period now, and and I'm just wondering if if maybe we're just not to that point where we have those established you know plants that have you know everything that we're looking for from from a hot plant that you're able to get out of the out of yakima valley we we kind of think that it'll come there's some great people working on it there's some great farms um they're getting set up with equipment and we're looking forward to be being able to use some from minnesota as well and maybe in the future we'll make a few of them Mm -hmm. so um one of the uh, one of the things that you are here to talk about today is the Fresh Hop Festival you guys are having when folks will be able to drink this beer. Why don't you tell us a little about it? So six years ago, we started uh, with the idea at one of our tap houses, um, Town Hall Lanes in South Minneapolis. Awesome spot, by the way. It's a lot of fun. Great place to drink some beer. Right. <laughs> um, and there is a there's some. Enough parking there. We decided let's let's put on a small festival and highlight some of these um, some of these fresh hop beers that are made uh, locally as well as from other places. Um, beer festivals are everywhere. People, you know, like them. They dislike them. Whatever the case may be. Uh, this one was uh, was kind of started as this is the intimate kind of anti. Anti-fest. The anti-fest fest? Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go and stand in line for 15 minutes to, to get a one-ounce sample of your beer. It's, I, don't, I hate that. I don't, I don't do it. I, it's not my favorite thing either. But this is a little bit more intimate. Um, it's not only wet hop beers um, from both locally as well as um, outstate as well. Uh, the reason that we always have it this late in the season, it takes that long to get this stuff from, from other places as well. That makes sense. So why don't you run us through some of uh, what you have for, I guess, stuff from here and, and stuff from, I guess, maybe the the, the greater America uh, that, you know, you want to give a, a nod to that's uh, at the festival this weekend. Well, we've got, it's turned into more, as as well as wet hop beers and fresh hop beers, it's more mm-hmm. of a harvest celebration. So you're going to get um, some fall beers, some new inter- interesting beers that are coming out from a lot of breweries, Oktoberfests. Mm-hmm. Uh, pumpkin yam whatever the case may be some barrel aged stuff um locally we've got input from uh bad weather uh, bar house um bear state castle danger insight inbound indeed um surly is there uh, as well as others lakes and legends um we've got a couple of ciders cideries this year as well mm-hmm. um it's harvest time for them as well sweet orchard uh, milk and honey for certain um, there's a lot of other ones that had mentioned, and we're still waiting for confirmation. Um, 21st Amendment decided that this one is worth coming to. Uh, Brooklyn Brewery. There's all kinds of interesting beers that'll be there. Nice. I love the uh, I love the fall. This is kind of my my wheelhouse. The uh, get the autumn festivals going. Get some pumpkin pie. Make some chili. We already talked about that. Get yeah, some... it'd be nice if we were actually getting a fall this year, but it looks like <laughs> we're uh, we're just leapfrogging right into winter. Don't don't no. 
Saturday. Tomorrow's the day. Right, exactly. All right. It's going to be 50, I'm, I'm, 55 I'll, and sunny. I'll put take a, your word for put it. Put a sweatshirt on. Get out there. Have some beers. Oh, I will. We'll see you in Town Hall Lanes. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to, it's not going to stop me. Exactly. Kidding? Yeah. We are uh, up against a break. This uh, show uh, presented by our friends over at Freehouse Beer. We want to thank them for sponsoring the Minnesota Beer Cast. More coming up with Surly, Bauhaus, Town Hall, and more on the Minnesota Beer Cast. Stephanie Shimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. You know, we may be all about the blue, but we sure love the purple. Skull. (laughs) Game days downtown are awesome, especially at Mercury. Stop by and check out our game day pregame specials. Food specials, free house taps, and more. Come pregame the purple at Mercury Dining Room and Rail every Sunday before home games. Only blocks away from the stadium at 5th and Marquette in downtown Minneapolis or online at mercurympls.com. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, presented by Free House Beer. You like start talking at some point. I'm listening to Scott Wiley, <laughs> reliving my teenage years. <laughs> we get to listen to Stevie Nicks when you when you pick the uh, the set list. I picked this. What she are you sounds, talking about? She sounds like a goat, but when I want to enjoy song. the sweet dulcet tones I'm of Scott Wiley, I get about the that. business. Oh my god, it's been like two weeks. Jeez. Still complaining about it. Well, I mean, sorry. I'll let it go. <laughs> One time. I'll let it go. <laughs> and I had a read. You know what? <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. See, a... this is what you get. <sighs> you're going to you you're gonna have to bleep me. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I realize that, right? Oh, I'm going to need some more beer. That's what's going to Well, there's plenty in there. Plenty in there. Our guests were incredibly generous this week. I've never walked out on a show before, but this is what's going to happen. Would you stop? We are joined by the folks from Surly, Ben, and Bill. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. We, uh, we're going to talk a little about uh, WET. Of course, we were just with you guys last week from Darkness Day. Congratulations on, uh, on the new evolution of, of Darkness Day. Did you guys have fun? We did. We survived. Uh, my liver still hurts, but it was a great time. How about uh, now that you now that you've had a little time to look back on it? I mean, any uh, any sort of post mortem on uh, on the on the new format for Darkness Days? You, were you pleased with how everything played out? Yeah, I mean, the event was great. It was nice being uh, away from the Brooklyn Center Brewery, which really isn't set up for an event like that. Uh, as anyone that's been out there knows, it's a lot of fun, but uh, it causes us a lot of anxiety. So. Uh, it's great to be at a, a venue that could really support the event. Um, great having all the bands out there. Able to invite a lot of our friends from breweries around the country to come pour beer as well, which was great. Uh, and camping. Uh, it was cold, but uh, we're Minnesotans. We can deal with it. Right, yeah. Well, Drew's already saying it's winter over here. Yeah. So he's, Except for Drew. I mean, but. it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there. I dealt with it. <laughs> I don't come here to get a bunch of crap well, from you, you guys. You're from you know? Florida, so I think, you know, that that's... I'm still wearing shorts. We'll cut you some slack. Right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's okay. He's not a native. I mean, I guess I forget that sometimes. Oh, see, here we go. Yeah. Here no, we go. I, I, I How had a lot of fun. Minnesotan of you. I, uh, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> oh, you're not from here, are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hate you guys. No, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun on Darkness Day. I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. We uh, interviewed some of your 
uh, guests that were there from out of state. That was really cool. Got to sample some beers we wouldn't normally have a chance to try. Uh, that was really cool. Some of the music was really neat. The guys from Chemists were super, super sweet. Um, uh, those dudes were uh, a riot. Those guys are great. And uh, Zach and Chemist is also true in, in Denver. He's the, one of the leaderhead brewers out there, too. So it's kind of cool to combine the music and beer uh Kind of go together pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, um, right after it's a busy season for you guys. Right after uh, darkness comes wet. Yes, it's, uh, it's that time of year, I guess. Yep. So kind of like what Mike was saying, same same deal. We got wet hops shipped. Uh, basically, they took them off the vine. Uh, did zero other processing. Uh, shipped them out to us two days later. Uh, we got ours from Yakima this year. Gasling Ranches um, went pretty big. Six thousand pounds of fresh hops. Uh, went into uh, just under 600 barrels of beer. Uh, so it's a pretty big release. It's logistically kind of a nightmare. It doesn't make a lot of sense on paper, but um, we got guys basically on call 24 hours a day waiting for those hops to show up. We've got 10 tanks ready to go, which for us is is an anomaly. Generally, those tanks are um, yeah, they, they should and be filled, filled with right beer, making up. money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it's a great great experience and the beer's awesome and, and it's a lot of fun for our team uh despite the kind of logistical nightmare yeah i mean logistically and and, and money wise it doesn't make make you know, sense but i mean from from the fanboy yeah. sense it, right it, it's it makes all the sense in the world right yeah, I mean that that's something that's really cool about fresh hops or wet I mean really wet hops that they're, they're really only available one time a year right and i mean that's the, the entire northern hemisphere so ninety something percent of all of the hops in the world come due within a sixty day window, and it's like you get that finite little sliver of time to to be able to taste the hops in that in that one particular format, and that's really what we're supposed to be all about. I mean, being being nimble and showcasing the season, and considering beer is a you know an agricultural product as well, it's pretty pretty nice to be able to take part in that. So hoops touched on it a little bit earlier, but do you want to expound on the the difference between fresh hop versus wet hop yeah i mean you know wet, wet hops are, are completely unprocessed hops i mean pulled straight from the bind not dried put into um you know breathable bins and shipped and used in uh used in beer straight away and i mean that's really important to to kind of get them and get them in the kettle because hops will start to compost in just a, like a matter of days there's so much uh, just moisture in, in the in the hops themselves mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a little bit of confusion about kind of the difference between wet hops and fresh hops, and, and breweries tend to use them interchangeably. Um, you right. know, so because why know, wouldn't you? Right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but you know, there's another school of thought that uh, considers like fresh hops just the 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 newest versions of the dried hops, right? So from the the newest dried hops from that particular harvest season. And I mean, it's just like if you think about kind of how spices work or whatever, if you're getting, you know, a fresh jar of oregano, it tastes different the day that you open it than it does, you know, six months down the line. And, and hops are like that as well. And like I say, I mean, the entire northern hemisphere's crop comes due in a 60-day window, and then you're using that crop until the following harvest. So yeah. what oregano would be off of the plant? Fresh oregano yep. is the newest stuff in the jar. Yep. And dried oregano was just, just last year's oregano. oregano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. So what... Uh, what hops are in wet this year? Because I know in in past years there have been some some variations and some blends. And and you you hear the uh, the, the folks I, I loved last year's better. Oh no no remember remember 2012 that was that was the best year. And no man no remember remember 2011 
2011 was yeah, the, the grass best, is always man. greener. Or the right? hops are always greener. Um, <laughs> they taste better. Yeah, this year we did 100% Citra hops. So, and again, they came from a specific ranch, Gasling Ranches, uh, which we had the pleasure to visit while we were out in Yakima this uh, this past few weeks. Um, so it's a great hop. Anyone knows Citra knows it's a it's a big hop hot. You get some uh, dank, a uh, little bit of pineapple, a little bit of mango. Uh, just a really nice nice hop and. You know, it's it's not a double IPA. It's not a big beer. It's not going to taste like one of those beers, and it's not supposed to. It's it's much more aligned with like a pale ale, um, and you're going to get more of that kind of oily, resinous, dank notes from using the fresh hops. Uh, you get a little bit more oil, I think, um, in solution than you do saying using pellet hops. But it's not going to be a double IPA either. I think there's some confusion there too when people order a a wet or a fresh hop beer that it's going to taste you know this huge, um, crazy aroma. And this is just um, the way it presents itself in the beer to me is really special and different because of that. That would make even less sense yeah. than... <laughs> it's, it's not a dry hopped beer. It's just all hot side hop additions. Uh, and we're really going out for those aromatic and oils um, that you get in the hops. So what was uh, what was behind the decision to use the, the farm that you did and specifically the hops that you did? Uh, well, A, they could get us 6,000 pounds, which is not... That's a pretty big, big, large amount. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, we've worked with just a couple... Uh, different farms. We go through our friends at Yakima Chief Hops. Uh, so last year we got mosaics from Peralt. Uh, Jason Peralt's one of the big hop breeders out. He actually just uh, developed mosaic citra and Gasling Ranches is one of the, the ranches out there that's growing a lot of our citra. So just really nice crops, really nice quality, very nice people. Um, and we were happy to work with them this year. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the proprietary hops like citra, mosaic, are those proprietary for what is it seven years? How, do you guys know what the uh, what the length of that uh, is? But it's, it's but it's so much like the Golden Delicious or whatever, where you essentially develop the the genus strain, right? And you have you have rights on that product for for so long. I'm not sure exactly how it works. It's it's something like that. But there's the hot breeding company, and they work with both Haas and, and Yakima Chief. Um, Steiner does a lot of development too. Um, but I, I don't know how that works, like with terms and legality and how you how you actually grow them. Yeah, there's this uh, kind of two parts of that too. And I mean, it, one of it is you know obviously being able to sell that strain of hop, but it is another thing that um, it's keeping the quality really high, and that's mm-hmm. something that's uh, been a really hot topic in the hop you know the hop agronomic world for a long time. Is that you know um, looking at a you know a, a variety like Cascade, right? And Cascade's developed in the 60s, and that was actually a government program that did that. So the USDA, which is the best use of tax dollars ever, right? in my, in my right? opinion. And they said uh, the government can do nothing right Yeah, now. sure. But I mean, you know, like all those original <laughs> hops, like Cascade, Chinook, and Centennial, were all USDA hops, uh, um, you know, uh, bred at the University of Oregon and public varietals. But then kind of as those went, and people would take them and, and plant them in their ranches wherever, all over the, the uh, Pacific Northwest and, in you know, kind of farther afield, then the strains started to be, you know, cross-pollinated with sure. other plants. And, and the, the typical characteristics that you're looking for in a cascade sometimes get muted if they're kind of crossbred over time. Yeah. And so one of the things about, you know, YCH or any of the other hop breeders that they try to keep their quality control really high and so that, you know, when you're buying Citra, you know that even from year to year with the, the seasonal differences or whatever, that you're always going to get the same specific 
things that you're looking for. That that flavor profile remains more or less stable over time, and uh, which which can't happen if that's just a public varietal. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. Let's uh, let's take a little break. We're going to come back after this. Talk more about hops. Talk maybe some Oktoberfests. Talk some uh, some home guys from Bauhaus. Um, and, and maybe some news. You're listening to the Minnesota BeerCast. Uh, thanks to uh, the folks from Freehouse for sponsoring the show. We'll be back after this on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast. Make sure to get the IR radio app. It really is the best way to stay on top of the show. Follow the program. You get notifications when new episodes are posted. Or, of course, listen live uh, Friday nights. We got a gopher hockey season coming up, which is going to be uh, preempting our program on Friday nights with some regularity. So a little programming note. You can uh, you can catch the Minnesota BeerCast on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock uh, starting soon. But, of course, we're always available on demand on the Minnesota BeerCast channel on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks, Thanks for chiming in. You there. <laughs> Excellent contribution. Sorry, I was distracted. What are you pouring now? I was pouring, pouring now? myself a beer. This is the uh, the Home Guys Hellas Lager. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm kind of dry in here. You know, it's my oh. little parched. Aren't you, aren't you on a diet? Isn't that... I could sample a few oh, beers. Oh, I thought that was part of your endorsement was that you had to be alcohol-free for a certain number of days. Isn't that the... Aren't they... Isn't that part of the deal? I'm allowed to sample every now oh. and then. Oh, I see. Yeah. I wasn't clear on what the terms of your contract were. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Sorry, not diet. A nutrition plan. I apologize, Drew. I'm so insensitive. You are. You suck at this, well, basically. That's, that's, yeah. that's what happens when you play Stevie Nicks. I did <laughs> See, mm-hmm. you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. How's that diet going, Drew? Hmm. Is it going well? Yeah. You don't have the power to turn your mic off. <laughs> so let's get to our next guest. <laughs> I don't think you understand who's really in control here. Smart ass. All right, all right. Truce. Truce. <laughs> Mark, tell me about Home Guys Hellas Lager. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so Home Guys is our uh, Hellas Lager. Um, comes out next week. We have had this as a taproom offering um, for a little bit now, and it actually has become one of our most popular beers in the taproom. So kind of turning it into um, an extended release. Um, basically, it's a full winter release, which some people are think we're insane for releasing a light beer in winter. But yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a seasonless beer. I drink stouts in the summertime, so right, exactly. I mean, you might be talking to the wrong guy, though. I mean, drink what drink what you like. Mm-hmm. There you go. But what yeah, you like? very light and easy. I There's mean, no rules. Yeah, no, no. Definitely a malt forward. Um, it's got that nice grainy sweetness to it. But this is like this is your. This is your 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 jam, your patio pounder. Uh, you know, it's a little cold right now, but we got some time. The fall is still upon us, but so the the, uh, the haters say you shouldn't uh, release this beer and uh, and serve it in the wintertime. What uh, I mean, is, did you guys give that consideration before you decided to uh, to to release it? No, October fifteenth. No, 
Throw caution in the wind. I mean, what's what's the thoughts behind the, that sort of release date? Um, kind of like I said before, it's it's a seasonless beer. Um, it, it, kind of one thing that we've been trying to do since we opened is really showcase that not only can light beer be extremely flavorful, but also light beer can be consumed outside of just summertime. Um, you know, and we're starting to see a lot of rise in lagers in the industry, and and uh, you know, there's a huge population out there who are still drinking macro, who are yeah. light beer drinkers. Yeah. By light beer, you mean L I G H? Yes, not L I T E. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of you know. We want to definitely uh, appeal um, and kind of show those people who are still drinking their Budweiser's and Miller's and Coors that uh, there's a craft option that um, is also extremely flavorful and is made with care mm-hmm. and kindness. But, mm-hmm. I want to get some some input from the the panel, the uh, the peanut gallery, if you will. Are 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 loggers back? Are they are they the future of uh, of beer and and possibly craft beer? God, that'd be awesome. I hope yeah. so. What do you think, Hoops? We're finding it. We used to make IPA was by far the beer that we made the most, and now the lagers that we're making the the numbers are showing we're making them about the same. Why do you think that is? Because we have a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that reflects consumer trends as a whole, or is that just bowlers? Well, I think it it reflects consumer trends. There's there's a lot of really really as he mentioned. There's really great flavors in lager beer. And and you can even get into hoppy beers that are lagers. Yeah. Sure. And people are interested in it. And they're they're not as fruity. They're cleaner. They're crisper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't fill you up nearly as much. That's a huge one for me. Is like the filling of, uh, uh, aspect of lagers and the fact that like session beer. You know, you're supposed to sit down and have a session. And it's not that we we obviously IPAs are still going to be the dominant um, flavor style or, or the style for, for the industry. Um, and it's not that we don't make, um, a great IPA or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have a double IPA coming out in January as well. And so it, it's not that we, we steer away from that. We're just really trying to showcase a specific style. So Mark is booked for January. Um, <laughs> Ben, you guys have a, a great pizza restaurant upstairs. Is it uh, akin to the bowlers? Do folks come in and order, order lagers to go with the pizza or what do you see it? Um, not traditionally, but I do have to say, I mean, we've got our, our rosé beer, that's a lager, and that's that's been our top-selling beer since May. So I think be, people have been trending towards uh, sessionable beers, whether it's an ale, lagers, lower ABV, something you can actually drink uh, more than two and still be able to operate a vehicle. Um, right. So I think there's truth to that. I mean, our dominant sales are still IPA, IPA, IPA. Um, so hops are still kind of king both uh, at the beer hall and uh, in market, but it's been surprising to see the su- the success of a beer like Rosé. Uh, obviously, Hell, our Hellas Lagers, uh, top three beers still. Um, so it continues to sell so well. That Rosé is excellent too, man. Well, thanks, I man. really really like that beer. So what what would you guys estimate the the percentage of the the craft lager market to be currently versus I guess what it would have been two years ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably about fifteen percent of the craft market right now. That's uh, substantial in, in um, my. I mean, but I mean, comparatively overall. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, weirdly, it's it's like dominated by just a handful of beers, though, which is a little unfortunate. I mean, like uh, Kona Longboard Lager is just like crushing its category as far as like sales go, um, and then you have other beers like Shinerbach and things like that that are, are really kind of holding down the, like the the market, which are you know hmm. fine. Um, hmm. What's going to be interesting, I think, is uh, just to watch and see what happens with Founders Solid Gold Lager. Because, I mean, I think that that's, 
as far as kind of getting the public on board with like craft beer and craft lagers, that's going to be something that's a, a real issue, I think, is that people still have the stigma for lagers that they want to pay less for them, frankly. And I mean, mm-hmm. if, for, as craft brewers, you know, we don't, we don't work on those like kind of crazy volume numbers where you can take these like, tiny, tiny little margins in, in, you know, get it up for that. It's like dollar a beer, less than dollar a beer kind of levels. Mm-hmm. And so like with, with a lot of consumers, they're just like, well, you know, I mean, why am I going to buy this when I can get, you know, a high life or a Pabst or a banquet or whatever for, you know, pennies a can. Sure. And yeah. it's going to be, this going to be tough over time. It's yeah. true. You know, one of the things that's not that, a plug. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, a question that I, you know, when you're talking about sort of the, the rise in popularity of the lager, I mean, it seems to me, and this is just from my own personal experience and people I talk to, it, it, it almost seems like there's been an evolution in the palates of people that have, you know, gotten into the craft beer scene over the last few years. You know, IPAs sucked a lot of people in because it was something new and exciting, and 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 you know, you never never really tasted a beer quite like that IPA that you might have first had. But then after you know a few years of sampling different things, there's there's a really an appreciation for that that cleanliness and that crispness of the lager that maybe you n- never had when you were growing up drinking the macros. Right. I think the pendulum swings. You know, like the the pendulum swung very heavy towards. Uh, you know, there was definitely kind of a not not a hop competition, but people were trying to see how hoppy they could make a beer, how much bitterness they can get in. I mean, and that's great, but to me, that was a novelty. Like, I love that there's a lot of IPAs that are coming out right now that are balanced with bitterness and flavor, and like, it's awesome. Yeah. But the swing back towards light beer is sort of happening. Um, at least I think you, in terms of like not destroying your palate with every sip. So yeah, I mean that's exciting, and I mean I, I think that's kind of where we're going back is maybe towards a center where both can exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think that has a lot to do with the the maturity of kind of craft beer as it is an industry really, and and craft beer drinkers that have kind of, kind of come along with it. At first it was just like, you know, there was beer, full stop. I mean it was right. like co- commodity beer. And and, uh, and, um, and this is what beer tastes like. Yeah, right. Yeah, beer, yeah. it's a beer and beer flavored beer. And then all of a the sudden, there was the, like you know these hoppy beers that kind of hit the scene really early on, and and then everybody was chasing flavor, hitting these huge, huge flavor bombs and big IPAs and as hoppy as you could possibly get them. And then you know sour beers kind of came along and t- and took that, and then stouts, and then barrel aged stouts, and it's just like beers that are so far from kind of commodity beer flavored beer as humanly possible but you tend to see when people are like really craft beer people as they kind of evolve in the arc of their craft beer drinking they go for those huge flavor bombs at first and then after a while kind of begin to appreciate the the subtleties of a of a really well-made beer and i mean like all it takes is if you've been drinking beer for a little while and then you happen to go to germany and and really like kind of taste your way through some of the breweries that are are doing lagers there and have been for you know a millennium uh, you're just like, wow, man, there's a lot more to this than I was led to believe with this just like commodity, quote-unquote, hmm. beer-flavored beer. All right. We are running long on this segment. We are going to take a break. Uh, this show is sponsored by The Free House. Uh, we are going to come back after this. You're listening to the Minnesota BeerCast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, presented by our friends over at Free House Beer. Make sure to stop into any of those awesome Blue Plate locations, try their great beers, and make sure to thank them for sponsoring the Minnesota Beer Cast, because we certainly appreciate it. 
we left off the last segment getting uh getting hot and heavy kind of talking about some of the uh, the different things that go into some of these beers some of the market trends uh, especially lagers one of the things that we kind of touched on what a hazy new england lager <laughs> we actually just made one of those uh-huh. with champion last yeah, week <laughs> we touched on it a little bit last yeah, show see? I, uh, right. when is that coming out uh it gets racked in uh a couple weeks so it should be in the beer hall probably two three weeks from now are they are they coming back when it gets released um I'd love so. Probably not. I mean, it's, it's a lot of travel involved. We'll send them some kegs for sure. Um, but Hunter uh, and his crew are good, good friends of ours. We are uh, we are due to come back and enjoy some more uh, pizza. Yeah. At the, uh, at <laughs> yes. The, so uh, let us know when that uh, when that beer happens, and uh, I, uh, I'm gonna come have some pizza. <laughs> but uh, last time we kind of touched on um, loggers, and you mentioned the the price of of Loggers, macro loggers specifically, um, and how consumers, when when they talk about loggers and and how easy it is to to afford a case of of something macro, I think is one of the the things that is kind of glossed over when we talk about the 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 craft beer marketplace. Um, the, everybody knows there's a been a huge proliferation in craft breweries. Um, I speculate that at some point. With all the competition, there is going to be, I don't want to say a reckoning, but I think that things are going to continue to be more and more competitive, especially on on the price point. How do you guys see that working out? I like to get the uh, the peanut gallery's kind of input again. <laughs> Let's start with you, Mark. You look very... Uh, I was just, No, I'm just thinking about the question. I mean, it's a good question. I mean... <laughs> I, the, to, to the point earlier of um, people expect lager beer to be cheaper, um, I, th- I think that, that mass, uh, the ability to make such a large uh, amount of beer as some of these macros have has mm-hmm. diminished. Like with that low price point and the kind of the diminished quality, I guess, some people associate lager beer to be less quality. Yeah, uh, for sure. There's that perception. That's per- yeah, that perception, and you know, in actuality, with the lagering times, uh, you know, six week fermentation in comparison to two week fermentation with ales, the actual en- uh, energy involved in cooling, um, mm-hmm. and the the risk of the, it being a clean beer, a lot easier to taste mistakes. That's a, that, those are all great points. Very very true. You know, and so it's like there is. Uh, <laughs> You know, like you said, people are expecting a lower price point, and mm-hmm. it's it's great to get there. Um, but it's also like I think people need to also change their perception of what lager beer is. Ben, Bill, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I mean, you, you talk about the the big macro brewers, specifically the big three, and and how their businesses work. I mean, they they work on these like massive, ginormous, yeah, of, of scale, Crazy. right? Yeah, and I mean they're able to do that by also kind of controlling the wholesale networks as well. So they sure. have to, you know, they pay less margin to a wholesaler, and they have kind of captive audiences where their beer is going to go. And in the whole process, there is sort of streamlined and artificially inexpensive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so craft beer as an industry was sort of the answer to that all the way through. And mm-hmm. it's just like you know what, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to use you know, premium ingredients because they taste better. We're going to work on these kind of un- unusual, we're going to use two-row barley instead of six-row barley because the flavors are better, even though it has less enzymes and all, all the other pieces that go with that. That it's it's pretty hard for, especially kind of like the, the middle-tier brewers and below, to try and compete on the shelf with a similar product at 
the I mean, it's at a certain point, it's like a race to the bottom, right? So you're saying as long as they as long as they create products that taste better, they're going to be all right. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> in, in a perfect world, that would be that would be the case. But you know, I mean, the people, I mean, people shop on price. That's a fact. And, and I mean, we we hear all the time that you know, it's like, ah, you know, I, why would I get that if I get this other thing? Is it really that right. much better? Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how to make that argument realistically. And, and I mean, I think over time, that may kind of shake itself out, and and people get cream will rise to the top. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just uh, the the perception and the education will get there, and and you know, people's palates will kind of catch up with where where the market's going to go. But you know, for right now, I mean, that's that's a fact that we're going to have to deal with. And you, you see some of these breweries that do have uh, you know kind of equity stakes with some of the larger brewers that got massive mm-hmm. cash infusions. That's mm-hmm. the way that some of these beers can be made. And you you have to you have to make the choice. It's either massive volume, bigger volume with a smaller margin or bigger margins with a, a smaller volume, you know. And so there's there's you, the laws of economics are are fixed, you know. They they are they are what they are. So you have to try to work within those like parameters to to make it to make it go. I think just on that point too, I think some people are buying based on ABV, unfortunately. Yeah, bang, the bang for the buck theory. Yeah, bang yeah, for the for buck, sure. and that's yeah. why it's hard to maybe uh, re- reconcile buying a lager beer that same price as a ABV, uh, something that has a higher ABV. Yeah. Those people right. should be buying Everclear. Oops, yeah. what you, what's your thought? <laughs> well, I say have vodka. There you go. <laughs> well, we're, work, we're working in the in the retail market only. So we're less volume, yeah. but we're higher margins because we're selling it all directly you know, over the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are seeing, I think we're fortunate in that regard. When people go out and they sit at the bar or the restaurant, um, they're going to pay restaurant money without thinking about it so i think to some degree we're a little bit shielded from this discussion yeah you, you i think you definitely are we have uh, about a minute and a half left um hoops you guys have uh, a really fun thing happening after the fresh hop uh, festival happening this weekend uh starting on monday you guys have an anniversary can you run it through for us real quick for yeah a so we're gonna turn 21 years old we can finally drink beer <laughs> Congratulations. We're releasing a beer called Six Hour Tour, the bigger sibling to, to one that we've had some success with, Three Hour Tour. This is a barrel-aged, much stronger uh, Imperial Milk, milk Stout with, with uh, coconut. We're releasing a beer called uh, Black Barrel Gold. It's a great big, strong Belgian beer, yeah. um, barrel-aged with blackberries and a few other things. Um, and there's all kinds of festivities going on throughout the week and if folks want to find out more about the uh, the anniversary event and as well as the uh, the fresh hop festival uh where should we direct them to visit check out facebook facebook is where you've got the events uh thanks to you guys so much for coming in thanks, for thanks to us. thanks to mark from Bauhaus. thanks to ben and bill from surly thanks so much to hoops from town hall uh, go visit all these awesome establishments yes. as well as freehouse thanks for sponsoring the show absolutely thanks for listening uh, we'll be back next week with a yeah. brand new episode. And remember, if you uh, want to take part in our soon to be a traditional anniversary chili cook off, shoot us an email. That I'm going to uh, look up for look up our contact information on uh, on minnesotabeercast.com or hit us up via social media. I think uh, we should have a little side bet. Whichever one of our chilies gets, if, if my chili uh, places out of yours, it's nothing but Stevie Nicks bumper music <laughs> for the rest of the year.